Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The Audi Q5 is highly regarded in the mid-sized luxury SUV category. Visit Audi Solitaire online today. Live across South Australia, welcome to Saturdays in SA with Andrew Hayes and Bryce Gibbs. Yes, good morning to you. It's Saturday. Let's do some living. It's been a long (laughs) working week, so let's just have some fun. Good to have your company this morning. Of course, thanks to Solitaire Audi. Don't forget, visit Solitaire Audi. Test drive the new A3 and S3. Jeez, blessed with some of the best company that you could possibly have. It's Bryce Gibbs. It's Tom Lyon. Let's start with you, Gibbsy. How are you? Good morning, Hazy. How are we? Good morning to... Everyone listening in mm. Adelaide this morning, what a what a way to start your weekend. Uh, I mean, is there a better way to start your weekend, Tommy? I don't think there is. Well, I've always said that the weekend begins now. It always starts on Saturday. That's when I can be my true self. So. <laughs> yeah. See, during <laughs> Monday to Friday, it must be said you're a bit of a stiff. Yeah. But then you really start to open up on Saturday morning from 8.30. And I really like that. I respect yeah. that. True personality is allowed to flourish and uh, I was going to say, I was driving in this morning and I uh, had a missed call on my phone uh, from a number I didn't recognise. Oh, here we go. Nigerian prince. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty close. I listened to the <laughs> Not message. Far off. <laughs> Not far off. And it was Hutchie, our boss. Oh. We've, we've not met before. He said, Tom, uh, I'm just at the studios. Can you let me in? The SEN prince. The SEN prince, the crown what? king of SEN. The and um, I let him in. We got to talking. He said, uh, He's enjoying the show. He's not that not too happy with what you guys bring to the table, but he said he was very – he thought the show would not have gotten underway unless I got involved. This is, and, good. This is good solid feedback right on and, air. Um, very happy with the the things I'm bringing to the table. Like, a lot of, you know, off-air conversations to have with you guys, but mm. generally I'm going well. <laughs> in short, oh, that's good. One is from it, three is not bad. Is that why we can't get a word in this morning? Yeah. <laughs> Tommy's just starting to really take over here. Really gets himself yeah. uh, injected into the conversation nice and early, which is good. We want you to do the same thing, 0427 154 There's a lot to talk about this morning. We want to talk about some of the big footy rumours uh, across the journey as well that have been absolutely debunked. This is after Alistair Clarkson. Apparently $1.6 million a year from North Melbourne. That is absolute baloney. Um, he used different words, but... That's not true, apparently. I want to talk about as well the most invasive players in the competition. Shea Bolton. Is he the most invasive player um, in the AFL right now, particularly after Bryce Gibbs has left the competition, do you think, Tommy? I'd say so. Mm. Uh, but, Gibbsy, you raised a, a point when uh, Hazy was talking about this yesterday, Shea Bolton being so evasive. And what happened late in the game last night? Well, he had an opportunity to, to dance around a couple and just really solidify your point last <laughs> night, Hazy, and... Late in the game, yeah, he had a chance to dance around a couple and, and kick a goal, but uh, mm. he couldn't quite get it done and got absolutely nailed by nailed. David Mundy. <laughs> David <laughs> Mundy. Uh, is, is David Mundy not aging? Is he drinking something that we all should be drinking? Because he's just ridiculous. He's in that bracket. I mean, it's mm-hmm. a talk topic for a different time. The absolute pristine elder statesman. He can go around again. He can go around for another couple of years. It's, he's found whatever uh, Sean Burgoyne was on for all those years. He just yeah. keeps backing up and, and getting better as he ages. And 
it reminds me of that. Uh, he must have that um, David Mundy stuff, you know, that mm. in Space Jam, Michael Jordan secret stuff. Oh, that the he, secret mm, sauce. I think that's uh, he's Tops got something up. like that uh, that he just just keeps backing and backing up. It's it's fantastic oh, to oh, see. And obviously, water approved. Oh, so, it's only water. <laughs> that's absolutely. all it is. Yeah, good yeah, stuff. He could be fathering a couple of the players that are in that <laughs> side. <laughs> <laughs> that's an interesting conversation. That one is it? Uh, purely in-house stuff. There. We also want to talk about uh, some of those players who flourished in different positions because you know one very well who's at some stage going to enter the AFL probably at the end of this season. That is Liam Jones. Um, what are we saying, Tommy? Players who have gone back to go forward? Well, it's a, quite a theme, isn't it? Uh, players that have changed positions over their career and it's uh, you know saved their career basically in the end. They've gone back, found a new lease on life and uh, have played some really good footy. And uh, yeah, Liam Jones is one of those players who we'll talk about shortly. But um, yeah, he's in the conversation to potentially coming back into the AFL fold next year. Mm. Um, the other thing we need to talk about, Kane Corns spot on yesterday during our Kane and Kingy, uh, 8.30 to, sorry, 6.30, 6 o'clock to 8.30 on Fridays. Uh, just talking about how there's no niggle between players anymore. There's none of that genuine rough stuff. So get involved this morning. You want to talk about it. Should have come back. A player's too scared. I mean, where are the Stephen Bakers of the world? Remember Stephen Baker and just what a nightmare matchup it would have been to play on him? The absolute pests. The pests. The pests. Where, the where are they? pests. Where are they? Where have they gone? Is there space for that in today's game? But straight away, I mean, let's talk about this. Oh, look, you, you take... Let's talk, talk about that. That's Ken Hinkley. <laughs> Instead, uh, let's talk about the game last night because what a finish. Epic. Did you like it? Oh, I'm not sure if you're a footy fan, you did. Frederick, a little chance there. Pick it. Can he send it forward bound? Yes, the mark is taken. He's played on. The siren sound. No. The siren's gone as he played on. <laughs> Goodness gracious me, Cumberland has played on as the siren sounded. <laughs> Firstly, what an epic finish. There's about a, a minute 50 to go. Bolter takes a mark inside 50. Needs any score to put mm. him in front. He runs out of time. It's play on. The Tigers have blown it. It would seem. It gets down the other end, and then it comes back down, and like you heard just there, Cumberland takes a mark. For whatever reason, he plays on. Siren goes. It's a draw. This is the stupidest most dinosaur rule that the AFL has. And don't you worry, there's some outrageously debatable rules in the AFL. The only reason the draw still exists is because it's always been there. If the AFL started again, and I reckon they'd like to, just start again and rewrite every rule, there's no way the draw stays in. I like it. You like the draw? I think it's unique in the season. It's something that no other game really has. Except, and, except for the biggest game in sport. And that's, oh, yeah. <laughs> except for that one. You know, that little elephant in the room. But, uh, <laughs> except for the world's biggest game. Biggest, most well-known uh, sport. But I like it. It gives a different emotion. It only happens very rarely. And, and they don't let it happen in the finals, do they? No, they don't. Well, they can't. Because so, you can't just have a draw. Yeah. But. So you're calling for extra time. Extra is that, time. Is that, is that what extra saying? time or something. And now, we had a little conversation last night. If it's golden point, if it's extra time. So, first of all, footy fans, how does a draw sit with you? 0427 154 166. Are you for it? Are you against it? Have you always just put up with it? And would you like to see that scrap? Because don't you worry, the AFL have the kahunas to change rules on the run. We know that. <laughs> would you like to see extra time or a golden point situation in regular season games? And how does a golden point look? How well, does that work? I mean, is it a golden point or is it a golden goal? Mm-hmm first team to score a goal versus actually registering any sort of points. Yeah, I don't I don't know if a golden point would work or a golden goal because 
I don't know, you've obviously, you say you play in Melbourne, you've got Max Gorn, the best ruckman in the comp. Like you win mm. a centre bounce clearance, you have every chance to, to kick a goal going inside 50. I think more like a five minute block would, would be better. Yep. Um, but then you've got to probably debate if there's still no score after five minutes, do you just mm. keep going until there is a result? Yep. Or do they hold a sprint? So say it's tied ah. and they put both ruckmen only at one end of the goals and they have to sprint from one end of the ground to the other, the winning <laughs> ruckman wins the game. You've got to run you do five <laughs> circles in a row before you run though. Darcy yes. V Nank. Yes, spin them around. <laughs> Who let wins them that? go. Yeah. Big Sean Darcy and the big Nank the tank. Who's winning that battle? And each of them does two shots first as well. See, that's where Jeremy Finlayson or Charlie Dixon's really going to shine. <laughs> Particularly Finlayson, we go, right, this is a foot race. Could be a bit of a aerobic endurance involved with this one as well, Big Jezza. So, so now you're really going to so shine. So Porter read the play here and they're actually playing ahead of their time. <laughs> <We're> <laughs> playing these two undersized ruckmen. Porter absolutely ahead of their time. So 2010 was the last time that we saw a drawn AFL grand final. And it was just the most confusing scenes I reckon I've ever experienced in terms of watching sport. So they had to obviously had to play again. Uh, next time around, Colin, we got the chocolates. 2010 in the Sandful Grand Final, it was the Dogs up against Norwood. So this was a closer game than we would have liked to have played in. But to take you uh, through it, I mean, we didn't know how much time was on the clock, but there was about 15 to 20 seconds left, and we're up by a goal. And Tim Weatherald takes a running shot from 50 metres out. And I swear to goodness gracious me, it was going through the middle. Off the boot, it was going through the middle. And in the first second or so, we were heading back to the middle. Being like, geez, we've got one last chance to try and steal this. Anyway, for whatever reason, I don't know what Tim Rutherwell did to the football gods because he's one of the most lovely blokes on the planet. But it just swayed right at the last second, hit the post. We're up by five points. Pretty much the ball gets kicked out, gets caught on the wing. Siren. So at the time, we didn't think about much of it. We celebrated pretty long and hard for about six weeks. Not six weeks, but maybe the next day. It finally uh, emerged on someone. We said, well, what would have happened if it was a draw? Would we have had to apply again? And we were having a couple of beers at the brewery, as you do on the Tuesday. I was having oh, a couple of white wine spritzers. Won a, won a few flags, did you, Hazy? Third white wine spritzer in. And I was starting to get very, very chirpy. And there's a couple of sample guys there as well. And they were saying, no, you guys would have had to replay the match. You would have had to come back the next week. And then you start doing it for state league situations. I think it's changed since. But, I mean, blokes that already taken time off work, win or lose, to uh, have a few beers on a Monday and a Tuesday. Also, the build-up that comes with it. I mean, how would that sit with you? Yeah. And I, I was listening to Nick Rewalk talk after the game, and he was very bullish on coming back the next week and, and how how bad it was for them. They obviously went on to lose the game. might have been a different story if they had a, had a won that grand that replayed grand final against Collingwood. But uh, he was certainly in favour of, yeah, we need extra time here. And I, I think, especially in a final, in a grand final, um, that makes sense to me. Yeah. It's so strange, isn't it? Because I've heard so many of the Collingwood boys say how much of a good rule it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right place, right time, winning team. Makes yeah. sense too. All right, coming up next, we'll uh, tap into the psyche of a bloke who's done it all, Bryce Gibbs. We call this little part of the show, Tell Me Bryce. Uh, we want to talk about Liam Jones, one of your old mates, one of your old Carlton ex-teammates, who's going to make a comeback to football. It seemed, and you'll tell us next, Gibbsy, it seemed that he was cooked as a forward early on in his career. Yeah, he, he was. His, um, all his career was pretty much done. I don't even think it had gone past the crossroads. He, yep. was, he was on the way out. And uh, by default, I think, he was, being, he was put in the, in the back line and, and 
amazingly turned his career around more than anyone could have could have, could have mm. imagined. So uh, we'll we'll talk about that next. Take a deep dive on that. We want to get you involved as well with your text. So four two seven one five four one double six. Floated something just before as well. Some of the most evasive players in the league. I, I still think it's Shea Bolton. I texted you guys through last night saying it's definitely Shea Bolton. We can talk about this tomorrow. And then, like you said, bang, David Mundy absolutely nailed him in a crunch moment. Travis texted in. Good morning to you, great man. He said, "Hey boys, Rosie." is one of the more evasive players. His sidestep and shimmy in traffic is elite. That's a good call. It certainly is, and uh, we've seen that a lot this year. Him uh, sidestepping and dancing around opposition players and, and either lacing out uh, a teammate or, or even hitting the scoreboard. He's, uh, he's certainly one that's right up there at the moment. This text from Bill, thanks for getting involved. He said, extra time is more memorable than a draw. Eagles v Port in 2017, Collingwood v Eagles in 2007. So there you go. And I think about some of the, the big... NRL games as well, where obviously it goes to Golden Point and extra time and all those sorts of things. And those extra few minutes are just so epic. Instead of starting again, I know the rules have since changed, but we're talking regular season stuff now because there's still Golden Point in NRL in the regular season. And I wouldn't dare say that the AFL should tweak some things that are happening in the NRL, but I just did. <laughs> yeah, and we see it in the NBA as well. Obviously no draws. If it is, it goes to extra time and, and they battle it out and have to find something, find some more energy that they didn't think they had to, uh, to get the points and, mm. and get the win. So, uh, yeah, I, I certainly like it. A draw during the regular season for AFL fans. How does it sit with you? 0427 154 166. And, of course, this morning, the all-new Audi A3 and S3 have arrived. Go check them out. To find out more, visit audisolitaire.com.au. This is Saturdays in SA. It's 8.46. Good morning. Live across Australia. Saturdays in SA with Andrew Hayes and Bryce Gibbs. Yeah, the text line already firing up. Love that this morning for a Saturday morning, 0427 154 166. One thing we want to talk about this morning, the big footy rumours. Some of those big, giant footy rumours you've heard across the journey that have absolutely been squashed either by the club, the player or something else, and some of them are just absolutely ridiculous. We want to know, we want to talk about them. This is on the back of uh, Alistair Clarkson and the $1.6 million that was apparently on the table for him to coach the North Melbourne Football Club apparently is an absolute load of baloney. So that one's been squashed. If you've got one, get involved this morning. We'll do that just after 10 o'clock. Tell me Bryce, tell me sweet little Bryce. Pretty sick of talking about it, to be honest. Tell me Bryce. Ah, yes. It's time for everybody's favourite part of the show. Tell me Bryce, where we get the insight from a man who's been on top of his game for such a long time. Not quite right now because he's coming back from a shoulder injury. And what happens when you come back from a shoulder injury? A few weeks in, you start getting a little bit sloppy in terms of your body. <laughs> so that's why you start wearing baggy shirts. <laughs> yeah. Jeez, that's a great observation. And, and just to paint a picture, that's what's happening right you're here. You're spot on. <laughs> uh, yes, it has been uh, been too long, and I haven't had to... Uh, it's a new experience for me, Hazy. I haven't mm. spent too many weeks on the sideline, especially during the middle of the season. So it has been a new experience, and I can confirm I don't like it. I can confirm I'm not a great watcher of the game. Yep. So, uh, yeah, certainly sitting on the bench, uh, I get a bit antsy and want to want to get out there. And uh, It is good, though. I'm back doing some light training skills and duties uh, during the week, so that uh, makes it a little easier. But Very nice. Still hope. Still ho- hope is. for South Adelaide there that uh, the boys can push and get himself into a spot to play in the finals, and maybe Bryce Gibbs will be involved. Um, I'll tell you who will be involved with the AFL next year. And that is one of your old teammates, Liam Jones. People are just courting Liam Jones, uh, trying to secure his services after he had uh, a year off because of uh, his vaccination stance. 
Um, so what we wanted to think about as well this morning was some of those players who have absolutely reinvented themselves by effectively going back to go forward. Liam Jones, first of all, let's talk about him. Well, it's been an amazing story, really, hasn't it? Mm. Uh, he obviously started off at the Western Bulldogs and as a forward, as, as a key forward, and and had a, a couple of all right years. He was the sort of focal point uh, uh, out of the forward line there, and uh, ended up at Carlton, where where I played some footy with him, uh, and for whatever reason, just just couldn't quite click, just wouldn't work for him, and, and found himself out of the side. Spent uh, probably a couple of years playing twos. Might have got a game here and there, but uh, he, he got to a point in his career where it was, what happens now? What do I do? Uh, he wasn't getting a game. I think the way the list was going, uh, they, there wasn't going to be a spot for him, but, but he still had a year to go on his contract. So he, so. Was, he was effectively, would, had, had he been coming out of contract, he would have been gone. I've, I've, I would have felt like that would have been the case. Yep. Yep. And he'd signed for... Or, so they say it was a, a pretty a pretty decent contract in too in, in terms of uh, dollar wise. Um, so I think the club offered him up for trade, and and no one sort of really really bit at that. So he was at a situation where he was like, well, I've got a year to go on my contract. You know, I don't really want to be playing twos, but should I stick it out? So he obviously had some decisions to make, uh, and then. The, the club were, were trying to move him on. They couldn't get it done. So it was like, oh, what do we do now? So he, they moved him from the forward line into the back line just to change something up. And that was the start of an unbelievable turnaround. Mm. So he, Which would have surprised a lot of people, wouldn't it? It, it would have, absolutely. Because I don't know whether he'd played any time in defence in his junior days or, or up until that point, but... He came back that next year and was playing uh, for for the Northern Blues and started to string a few good games together and um, started to really play some unbelievable footy and, and got an opportunity back in the AFL side as a defender. And from that moment, he, he nearly went into all-Australian contention yeah. with some of the stuff he was doing. And he teamed up with Jacob Wiedering, who was, who was coming through and developing, and they sort of really really just clicked and and for a couple of years there they they become a brick wall for Carlton no one could really get past him he he, he turned into a really attacking defender he would be really aggressive and, and come off and, and intercept the ball and, and do these amazing uh, come off his man and, and intercept possessions and um, reflecting on it now like an unbelievable turnaround wasn't it like, yeah like his career was dead and buried. And I wonder as well that having that, I suppose, tutelage as a forward helps your uh, defensive craft when the ball comes in. And if you are thinking, okay, how can I catch that? I still feel like that absolutely can help you in a defensive situation versus going in saying, well, where am I bodied here? I'm going to go in no matter what with the fist. If you go on thinking, is there an opportunity for me to catch this? Nine times out of the 10, even if you don't catch it, you're going to bring it to ground. Yeah, for sure. And and having that forward craft behind him, he could read the cues early and be like, oh, if I was a forward, yep. this is where I'd be leading. So he would naturally just do that as a defender and he'd be in front nine times out of 10. And as you said, we'd either mark the ball or, or kill, spoil it, 10 rows back uh, into the crowd. So uh, that, that pens the question. Who are some of the other guys that have uh, resurrected their career by changing positions? So straight at the top of this, is it, is it Gary Ablett? Because Gary Ablett started off as a small forward. So he averaged 15 possessions a game for the first part of his career before he sort of graduated into the midfield. And 
I remember the early parts of his career and thinking, oh, you know, he's 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 going to be a good player, and it's always going to be as is he as good as his old man. But you know, he's going to be serviceable. Got the long blonde shaggy hair. Didn't last too long before he had to get the Clippers out, but. Um, it seemed to work pretty well for Gary Ablett Jr., his move into the midfield. Yeah, I think it was yeah, – oh, yeah, absolutely. But uh, I think for Gaz, too, it was a bit of a, a bit of a work rate thing, a bit of a professionalism thing. He sort of was a bit lazy, potentially, uh, early in his career. But once the penny dropped and, and they could see the potential that he could do in the midfield, and, and once he realised that um, – it obviously did wonders for him and the Cats yep. and the Gold Coast and uh, then back at the Cats. But, uh, I mean, he was always talented, wasn't he? And he always had something yeah. um, and, and showed glimpses of that as a forward. But, uh, yeah, moving into the midfield, uh, he turned into one of the, the all-time greats. Some of the absolute prime examples that you've seen across the journey of players who have switched positions and reinvented themselves, 0427, 154, 166. What about Darcy Moore? I, I, I've... I forgot that Darcy Moore started out as a forward. Yeah. Played for a good three seasons as a forward before he went down back and turned into an All-Australian. Yep, he did. And, you know, you do a bit of homework and you go through back and look at some names who have done it and there's a consistent theme of guys that have started as a forward and have ended up down in the back line. And, I don't know, prove me if I'm wrong, but I think it's harder probably to play as a forward. You've, You've obviously got someone following you around and um, you've, sort of, you've sort of got to make the play happen as a forward. If, if you're smart, you've got to you know, read the cues, lead at the right time, use your body work really well. Uh, and for whatever reason, a lot of these guys who we're about to name uh, started as a forward and went back. So Darcy Moore, absolutely. Yep. What about uh, Jeremy Howe? Jeremy Howe. He started as a forward. High-flying forward at Melbourne, 100 games, before he went to Collingwood and turned into a premier backman. Yep. Outstanding result, and still managed to take unbelievable hangers, no matter which end it, of the ground it didn't he was matter. on. He was on the full back line; he'd <laughs> still jump matter. on your head. You just hope that he, actually, you know what? He enjoyed the fact. He probably enjoys the fact playing down on the fence that um, his uh, opposite man, his forward, will let him stay behind him so he can sit on his head. <laughs> yeah. Suits just, him a bit better, you reckon? Oh my gosh! I don't think you'd want Jeremy Howe a meter behind you if you're playing forward because know that uh, at any stage he's going to float over the top of you. Sean Burgoyne, I mean. Like you said, there's a lot of examples coming through of players who have extended their careers maybe as well going down back. But So 157-odd games for Port Adelaide as a midfielder and an All-Australian midfielder and then goes to Hawthorne. And I've seen a documentary where they've talked about Sean Bergen and said, oh, look, if we got two or three good years out of him, that would be a blessing. That's how bad his knee is. He goes on to play 250 games for Hawthorne. Yeah. Separately from that, it's just, it's insane. I mean, it's a combination of obviously he got the knee right and... Uh, change of environment, maybe for whatever reason, maybe just suited him. But yeah, he's a pretty solid example of uh, changing position and really, really stepping on with it. I think the beauty about Silk, though, is he, he would change his position all over the ground to yeah. continue his career. If, if he was needed off the half back line, he'd be there. If he needed to play in the midfield in the last quarter to get the ball going, he'd be in there. Then you'd see him at half forward playing a role down there. So he was probably one of few guys that could. Uh, well, it actually reminds me. Mark Blitzarves at the moment. Yep. Just Mr. Fix-It. Those guys are so valuable in your side who can be so flexible to play multiple roles. Um, and if you can stay healthy with your body, you can just keep churning out year after year after year. Blitzarves is just an absolute freak. He is, isn't And he? I love that there's all these conversations at the minute saying he needs to be in the All-Australian side. And the reason maybe he hasn't had that before is because he never settles in one position. So at the absolute least, he needs to be on the bench of the All-Australian team. He's won two best and fairest at Geelong. Yeah, 
and probably would have been top three in a lot of other years, I would have mm. thought. Um, here's another one for you out of this year, Paddy McCartan. Oh, yes. Paddy McCartan started off as a big key forward. And obviously had his, his issues with his concussions and, and injuries over the journey, but what he's done for Sydney yep. this year, like, it's unbelievable. Mm. He's holding, holding them down, and him, the work him and his brother are doing, but he was one that started off forward, didn't quite click for him as a number one pick too. Obviously a lot of talent, uh, but just didn't quite work out for him. Goes to a new club, moves positions, and he's having a fantastic year as well. See, I, I, just, I just wonder in terms of education if starting down, starting as a forward, helps you read the play better if you do eventually go down to the defence because that's what Paddy McCartan is doing so well. Darcy Moore does it really well. Liam Jones does it really well. They just read the play better sometimes than the other forwards. Maybe that's their forward craft shining through. Mitch McGovern at, yep. at Carlton at the moment, played at Adelaide and at the Blues for a lot off the half forward line. And, and now he, he's back. He's back in the side this week, I think, and, and he'll be back in the back line. So yeah, there's, there's plenty of examples of it. Here's a couple of big examples as well, um, which is not your traditional path. Big forward to a wing, Matthew Richardson, Nick Rewalt. Who saw that coming? Like Who it. saw Richo going to a wing? I like it. And I've <laughs> called for Riley Philthorpe to, to be there this week. Put him on the wing. See how you go. Uh, this text from Bill in Queenstown. Chad Corns going down back for 2004 after being a forward. Tim Evans going the other way and kicking 1,000 goals. So there you go. Uh, Bill, just confirm something. Did Tim Evans start as a defender and then go on to be one of the absolute all-time sample goal-kicking greats? Uh, get involved this morning, 0427-154-166. Give us your prime example of one of those players who have changed position and absolutely reinvented themselves. It's just past nine o'clock. Let's catch up with Victoria in the newsroom. With Andrew Hayes and Bryce Gibbs. Oh, good morning to you. 0427-154-166. That's the text line, and it's busy this morning. Fantastic stuff. Uh, this one reads from Brett. Good morning, guys. Get rid of the AFL draw. It looks ridiculous. At any sporting event, there should be a winner, but all the boring old dinosaurs will come out and say, yeah, it looks silly, it's boring, doesn't work, but we have to keep it. It's tradition. No, 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 no. Hang on. No, 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 no. I think if we've learned anything over the past two years, particularly in the pandemic, AFL Grand Final, I did a tour around Australia. Tradition can sometimes be scrapped if you think it's going to further enhance the game. What do you think of all the rules they've changed over the last five years, say? Like... Mm. Exactly. Can't mess with the game. It's tradition, but we're going to go six 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 this year, and we're going to have a descent rule out of nowhere, and we're going to do this and do that, and that's they change the rules all the time. Yes, they do. Uh, we're probably the most frequently changing game in all <laughs> yeah. of world sport. There's a few people at the AFL that just need to justify their jobs <laughs> and just <laughs> just need to change something. Just to uh, keep oh. the, the ball rolling for them. Look, hearts in the right place, and love what Brad Scott's trying to do because obviously. Umpire descent, for example, that's something that needed to be dressed. Um, it's yeah, maybe, been relaxed. Maybe that was a bad example by me then. but I think it has been, just on that as well, I think umpire descent, I think it has been um, put into the spotlight enough now that players, even if it has been relaxed, aren't as aggressive as they used to be yeah. towards the refs. No, when I, I say refs, I mean umpires. I'm not talking about NRL. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> I think they've, we've certainly got the balance right now. So they've obviously gone a little bit too hard and adjudicated it too, too strictly. Uh, They've relaxed it now, and then players are, have worked out that there's a line of respect there. We're going to stay there, but it's not going to not going to cost you if you put your arms out or you you shake your head because that's where it did go too far. Yep, um, Travis got involved again this morning. Good on you, Travis. He said Chad Corns changed position twice, once into defence, then midfield. Both result in All Australian selection. So there you go. The ultimate swing man back in the day could have been Chad Corns. The Chad, and that just reminds me, uh, Matty Pavlich being a yes. 
multiple All-Australian in different positions. Like every position. I think for one of the All-Australian Guernseys he got, he was the umpire. He was part of the umpiring yeah. fraternity. Mind you, those two didn't necessarily resurrect their career by doing that, but um, it goes along that theme that mm. we, we were trying to, trying to get to. Bill from Queenstown, uh, jump back on board. Thanks, Bill, for clearing this up. I had no idea. He said, yes, Tim Evans was a centre-half back for his career in Tassie and Geelong. In 1977, John Cale tried him up forward, and the rest is history. Pretty solid move by John Cale. <laughs> yeah. uh, Tim, we're just going to try you up forward and see how you go. Uh, fast forward a few years, and he's kicked a thousand goals for the Port Maggies. It's not yeah, bad. That's a, that's a, I think that's a win. That decision, <laughs> they, they they won out of that decision. I think that is what they call a coaching win. Um, now we want to talk about as well uh, this morning. Kane says a lot of things. He said something yesterday uh, via Kane and Kingy just about players these days and why there's absolutely no niggle whatsoever between players. Some of that stuff that just makes you go, ooh, that guy's a pest. Is nice footy guy. full of nice guys? So I, I watch Nick Dacos run around and not a scratch on him. I watch Port Adelaide give Cozzy Pickett <laughs> the most space that has ever been granted to any small forward in the history of the game, even though he kicks six. Why aren't we niggling and putting pressure on the opposition and targeting the best players off the ball. Like, where's the Hayden Ballantines of the world? Exactly. Where are the Hayden Ballantines? The absolute pest. And it's a tough job and not everyone can do that sort of, those sort of tactics because it's not fun. You're hated. But I guarantee you, it gets under the opponent's skin. Can you imagine back in the day, if you were a prime midfielder and you were lining up against Sekilda and you knew that Stevie Baker was coming to you and you knew that he was going to do outrageous things. He was going to kick you in the shin. He was probably going to call you all sorts of names. He was going to pinch you on the back of the neck. He was going to punch you in the ribs a thousand times. You can't tell me that wouldn't put you off your game. I remember a game we did play St Kilda and, and Eddie Betts come off that, that ground again, and he played on Stevie Baker and he had bruises all up the back of his tricep where Stevie had just been pinching him all game. <laughs> I'm talking like yes. bruises. He used to terrorise some of the small forwards. Um, but it, is Kane getting a little bit bit worried that, that the taggers are, of the world are gone now? Uh, he says that because yes. he, he had some tricks up his sleeve. And mind you, borderline on the rules, Kane. Mm. He'd belt you off the ball as a tagger. He'd step on your foot. Would he? He'd do all sorts of things. Oh, there you go. I didn't know he was that sort of aggressive player. But, um, yeah, he certainly is flying the flag for... Uh, tagging to, at some stage, make a bit of a comeback. So Matty DeBoer was probably the last of the genuine taggers who would get a role each and every week. And now every time you, th- you hear about it, it's like, oh, who's going to stop Lockie Neal? Who's going to stop Petrarca? Or who's going to stop Clayton Oliver? It's a midfield as a group. We need to be wary as a group yeah. to make sure he doesn't have an influence. Or it's more a, a stoppage role, especially through the midfield. Play on him at stoppage and then and then play our system from there. But... I don't know. I, I think times have changed a little bit. I mean, there's you certainly can't get away with some of that stuff now that you could have back in the day. Uh, and I'm talking about that that off-ball niggle. So know, punches in the ribs, for example. Yeah, all that sort of stuff. You, what about pinching? You can't do it. Well, I'm sure if it happens, the, the AFL, as we spoke about, they'll come in with a rule the week after, no pinching allowed. <laughs> you you'll cop a week. You rule, no pinching. <laughs> rule number 364.B. Um, and they're, they're pretty hot on it these days to stamp that sort of stuff out of the game, the AFL. So I think that that is a factor. Uh, and I think there's just so much going on in the game now that you don't have time to 
worry about one particular player from the opposition. Like I remember back in the day, we used to have a thing called head on the plate. So we'd pick a player from an opposition where it doesn't matter what position he was, but if we thought they were vulnerable to, to that sort of stuff, he'd put them off their game. We'd have a team rule like in the meeting that their head would literally be on a, on a plate and it'd be like, all right, this is a bloke we're going after this week. And it'd That's be, awesome. And it would be one of those things. It'd be like, if you run past him, just give him, give him an elbow to the, to the arm. Or, and the idea was by the end of the game, he'd be that exhausted from that many hits from guys over the whole game that, that it'd slow him down a bit. But Carlton's problem was we, we didn't win too many games back then. So halfway through the first quarter, good in theory, we'd be five goals down and then we can't be running around trying to belt someone when we're when we're getting smacked smacked in the game. So, but still, um, clearly that was on the agenda though. That if you you could target players and know that they don't respond well to treatment like that. Can, I mean, come on, Gibbsy, what sort of insight can you give us? Can you name some players that you might have targeted? Well, James Sicily was one that comes to mind straight away. We sent uh, Jed Lamb to him a, a couple of times when we played him, and uh, multiple free kicks paid against James Sicily just from niggling him, getting under his skin. You knew that you could trigger him? Yeah, absolutely. Yep. There you go. See, yep. there's, surely there's a spot for it. I mean, but for, from all of your teammates, how many of your teammates do you reckon you played with who would actively say, yep, I want to be that guy. I want to be that absolute pest because it's not for everyone. No, there wasn't. But the smart players would go, well, I'm happy to do it to get a game. Like, I can't get a game at the moment through position or the way the team's dynamics working. So if we want that player, if you want that player to be in this side, I'm happy to do it. Aaron Joseph was one of it. He had been in and out of the side uh, at Carlton for, for his career. And he was the one that wanted to play that small forward and get on the lip. And like, I remember in, in Aaron's first couple of games, we played Sydney and he, he was lipping Buddy Franklin, <laughs> telling him he's a big sook and Good luck you've, with done, that. you've done nothing. Buddy, like, and Buddy would have given them the whole, Buddy's, I'm sorry, mate, yeah, I don't know who you are. Exactly. Turn around, mate. Like, who are you? Yeah. So guys do embrace it. Um, if it means <laughs> that they find it themselves in the team and, and playing a role. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it doesn't happen as much these days, though. That's when post-game he wants to go up to Bunny and say, look, buddy, obviously that stays on the field, but just so you know, I love you. <laughs> I actually Can I have your autograph? Old <laughs> mate of mine used to play for Freeman, Elise Spur, um, who played as a mature age player, did very, very well. He told a story about the same thing. He was lipping Buddy Franklin, and Buddy gave him the whole, flip around there, buddy. What's your number? I want to look you up. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, yeah, I know, mate. You say that to so many people, yeah. but we're trying to get in your head and it's not working. Summer footy's absolute pests. Who were they? Did you have a favourite pest? 0427154166. And to Kane Corns' point, is there a spot for it in today's game? Because I would hope that there is. I hope the rules aren't so intense that you can't have some of those pests because more times than not, they're the characters of the game as well. Yeah, they are. And those, those guys I mentioned before, Jed Lamb, um, and Aaron Joseph, they were they were characters in the locker room as well. They'd always be the ones mucking around and doing silly things and and trying to get the boys up and about. So it mm. does uh, translate onto the field if you let it. Indeed. Uh, talking about the draw at the start of the show and how does that sit with you? Um, are you for it? Are you against it? I know it only happens very very occasionally, but every time it does, it's so flattening. I've never been as disappointed since when I uh, revealed my year twelve results to my parents. And it wasn't a, I'm not angry, I'm just supremely disappointed. That's how I felt last night. I know how they feel now. Yeah, and especially after a game like that, like it was it was a finals-like game, wasn't it? Low scoring, really contested, really 
come down to some crucial moments, mm -hmm. which uh, we, we saw with uh, Noel Bolter having a shot, got called to play on, and then obviously um, the shot that should have been after the siren, uh, but he played on. So um, for the sake of an extra five minutes, I, I think, Let's get a result. Let's yeah. let's get a winner out of of a of a high pressure quality game like that. So it's funny, isn't it? It actually, for mine, deserved a draw. Yeah, because oh, the I Tigers did deserved a draw. I thought you were going to say deserved a, a winner. Well, <laughs> the, the way that it was played, the Tigers brought the pressure for three quarters, and that felt like they were the better team. Frio were the better side in the last quarter, but they just they were useless when they went inside fifty. So um, there wasn't a dominant outside for the whole night, but. Uh, that's what we're talking about this morning. A draw, should it be abolished? Should they tweak the rules? You know, the AFL love tweaking some rules. 0427 154 166. Talking about as well some of those players who have genuinely reinvented themselves. Maybe it's because of a switch in position. Liam Jones, one of your old teammates, absolutely one of them. Um, he's going to be playing AFL football again next year. Where it's going to be, not sure. Maybe the Western Bulldogs, maybe Essendon. They're the front runners apparently. This text... Robert Shirley was a very underrated tagger, towed up some of the game's very best, including Gary Ablett. So the other thing we're talking about as well is some of the pests that are just not in the AFL anymore. Your Hayden Ballantines, your Stevie Bakers, those guys who would do some good, solid tricep pinching. Ryan, Where are they? Ryan Crowley's another Crowley. one that just come to mind. Great uh, one. There. Robert Shirley, he, he was a he was a good tagger, but was he a niggler? Was he a was he a pest? Yeah, I don't think that's from what I can recall. I don't think he was that tricep pincher or that toe stomper. He was, he was the, just a good, solid tagger. Nice tagger. Nice tagger. One of those taggers, you'd say, look, I've got respect for him because my triceps are feeling good. <laughs> I didn't get the ball, but yeah. my triceps are in good nick. Yeah. Um, oh, good on you, Robert. Well done for not being that, that bloke. But, um... <laughs> good stuff, Robert. <laughs> All right, let's talk about a couple of big games happening for our teams today. Uh, the Crows taking on the Swans at the SCG. No one likes playing the Swans in Sydney, that's fair to say. It's a little bit slippery up there as we speak. And let's bear in mind as well that I know it's a season and a half ago, but they caused a massive upset in round two last year, beating the Swans here when Taylor Walker kicked six. Do you draw on that, or is it too far long ago? It's probably too far long ago. I, I think both teams are completely different sides at the moment by personnel and, and the way they're playing and, and obviously the way they're going. And, you know, Sydney in Sydney is one of the tougher draws on the program each and every year. And Sydney are just building into this finals campaign nicely. They're hitting their straps at the right time of the year. We know their contested style, their tackling style, that's in their DNA each and every week. But it's a lot of the work they're doing on the outside at the moment as well. So um, it's going to be a tough game for the Crows. And I think they will be able to match it pound for pound with Sydney in the middle of the ground and that, that contested ball type game. The Crows have been very good around the stoppages. Their contested numbers, their tackle numbers have, have been right up there with, with some of the, the competition's best. But they, they don't have much on the outside, the Crows, this year. They, they low for kicking. They, they don't take too many uncontested marks. So um, I think they probably need to look at that in their game if, if they're going to knock the Swans off this week or knock them off today and... It being a little bit dewy, a little bit slippery over there with a bit of rain at the moment, uh, that uncontested style game, it's, it's going to be hard to do. So it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. Mm, absolutely. Now, Crow supporters, what do you need to see? Because if there was an upset win, that would be absolutely huge. But that's not what is supposed to happen. So what do you need to see 
that uh, makes you think that the Crows are going in a good direction. 0427 154 166. The next game, and this is absolutely season-defining, Port Adelaide hosting the Cats. Adelaide Oval, that's uh, starting just after 4 o'clock. In terms of changes, just the one, Jed McEntee comes in. Riley Bonner might have been a little bit stiff, but he's been dropped. Um, so what they did do was resist bringing in uh, big tests. Bryn Teekle had uh, to play his first game since breaking his collarbone. He started in such a flurry against the Swans a few weeks ago before he broke his collarbone. But they're going to persist with this combination of Jeremy Finlayson and Charlie Dixon in the ruck, which seems to be working beautifully. What you know is that the common theme now is Port Adelaide lose the hitouts, which you would expect, but they're cleaning up in the clearances. Yeah, and, and that's what those two bring. They bring some great follow-up and, and work at ground level, which a lot of the, the ruckmen can't provide. Um, so it has been something that they've had to... You know, manufacture. They've they've had to find that out during this year. It wouldn't have been obviously in their their playbook at the start of the year, but they've found a way to make it work. And and Finlayson and Dixon have been a revelation over the last month or so, uh, being that that dual playing in that dual ruck position. I feel like now, and I haven't spoken to any of the statisticians or the mathe- mathematicians, and you and I, Bryce, uh, are both not great with our maths. But <laughs> Can confirm. I felt like what they were saying was that if everything went the way it was supposed to go this weekend, then Port could potentially lose one more and still be in the mix to play finals. I think that's pretty much been a raise now since that Richmond still got some points last night with yeah. the draw. So it is effectively win or die today. Win or go home. And look, it certainly helps the game being played here at Adelaide Oval. But Geelong, a bit like the Swans uh, against Adelaide, they're in amazing form and they're really well drilled. They're really well set up behind the ball. And I fear if if Port can't get the ball to ground, if they, if they can't mark the ball going inside 50 and they can't bring it to ground, they're going to be in trouble because Geelong's intercept game and their ability to rebound and take the ball coast to coast and hurt you the other way is, is best in the competition. Mm. So... Um, Without Tom Stewart, that that's also certainly a bonus. But uh, they've seemed to cover him pretty pretty easily. I would have thought over the last four weeks. So um, it's going to be going to be a tough assignment for Port. Oh, it's a polished back line, but uh, that certainly helps. Tom Stewart is the best sweeping defender in the competition. I think it's fair to say on the end of his four game suspension. Twenty six minutes past nine. We're putting it out there this morning. Oh four two seven one five four one double six. Some of the best footy pests. You don't see them anymore. We're talking Hayden Ballantyne. Great name before Ryan Crowley. Where are they? Is there a spot for those sort of players left in the game? Uh, Kane Corns brought it to us to our attention yesterday by Kane and Kingy. I think it's an excellent point because <laughs> Kane was one of them. Where are the Kane Cornses? <laughs> he, uh, yeah, you had a bit of niggle in him, Kane. Yeah. Um, he, and he did it pretty well. I'll give him credit for most weeks. Certainly did. Uh, coming to you live from SCNSA's Studio Lumo, right in the heart of the city, 1 King William Street, as a tram drives past with Bryce Gibbs' face on it. Oh, it's back again. I, I like this part of the morning. Yeah, you that, missed that it. tram drives past. What I will say, just a little bit of friendly feedback, is your hair was very short at that stage. Never do that again. <laughs> Never shave your head What's again. What's wrong with that? Oh, it just looks a little bit better when you're a bit fuller on top. Okay. You've got nice, thick hair. Make the most of it, okay? Ah. Because That's I only start going real short, like myself, when it gets a little bit thin and wispy. Okay. The old man is really thinned out now uh, these days in, in his age. So I think you're going to be fine, mate. I need to hold on to what you, you reckon. <laughs> I reckon you're going to be okay. 
27 minutes past nine. Get involved this morning, 0427 154 166. This is Saturday's NSA. Thanks to the very, very good folks at Solitaire Audi. And visit Solitaire Audi, test drive the new A3 and S3. Live across Australia, Saturday's in SA with Andrew Hayes and Bryce Gibbs. We're coming to you live from Studio Lumo, SA, right in the heart of the city. One King William Street. And of course, thanks to the very good folks at Audi Solitaire. Uh, the all-new Audi A3 and S3 have arrived. To find out more, visit audisolitaire.com.au. Now... Get involved this morning, 0427 154 166. If you watched the footy last night, ended in a draw. It is the most disappointing thing that can happen to you on a Friday night, I would have felt. I went to bed just empty. It felt really, really empty. Had that empty feeling inside, even though my stomach was full of six beers. Um, <laughs> it was just a hollow, shallow feeling. It is. It, it is a strange feeling. I've played in a draw before. And funny enough, I had a shot with about, oh, wouldn't have been long, maybe a minute left on the clock. And you missed from about. I would have kicked it from just inside fifty. Would usually score. Yep. Fell short. You didn't, <laughs> <you> didn't even <laughs> score. Didn't it even was score. like one of the last. It might have been the last game of the year against Essendon too. So, obviously, Arch Nemesis Carlton Essendon big games. Had the chance to be a hero. Even just kick a just point. Score, mate. Be be the match winner. Oh, just and, boot it as hard as you can. It and, and I haven't matter. made the distance. <laughs> there you go. Ouch. All of a sudden, Ouch. when all you have to do is score, that even becomes impossible. <laughs> uh, we're talking as well this morning about players that have reinvented themselves, maybe a little positional change. Liam Jones started off um, as a forward. Now he's a prime defender um, in demand. So he's going back in the AFL system very, very soon. Some good techs coming through from that. And the genuine footy pests, those players, Kane Corns speaking about yesterday, that just are not in the game anymore. Stevie Baker, Ryan Crowley, etc. the guys who really, really make you earn each and every kick. Text line's been very busy. It has, and we've spoken a lot about taggers and, and, and players that have roles, but what about uh, this text that's come through? Does Stephen Milne count as a pest? The old tip rat pissed off everyone, I reckon. <laughs> Good text from Tim. Tip rat, didn't he? <laughs> didn't he have a nice little <laughs> reputation? I mean, he was playing as a forward and being a pest. He was, and um, oh, the the push up, the push up king. Yeah, the push up king, Jake King. Jake King. That, there's another one that springs <laughs> to mind off the back of that text, Tim. So uh, certainly they both count in the uh, the pest, the pest column. Some very good names. Get involved this morning. Oh four two seven one five four one double six. Let's get straight to the news with Victoria. It's nine thirty. Live across South Australia. Welcome to Saturdays in SA. With Andrew Hayes and Bryce Gibbs. Getting your thoughts via the text line 0427 154 166. And of course, we'd love to take a call from you before 10.30. 1300 736 736. Right from the top, talking the draw. And how does that sit with you? Because it was just deflating, a genuine empty feeling last night after what was a pretty solid game of football for effectively no results. The text has been actually reasonably even in terms of the draws fine. It only happens occasionally, so it's nothing worth worrying about. To this one, which is a bit at left field, draw's not bad if you backed it at 51 to 1. <laughs> Have you ever backed a draw? Has anyone ever punted and backed in a draw? Yeah. <laughs> you're just not doing that, are you? I don't think you're doing it. And if you are, well, what are you doing? <laughs> What's going on? Where are you at with your gambling? You're not in a good space. What about, like, Gamble more responsibly, please. But what about, like, both teams had multiple opportunities to score as well. So easy set shots. We obviously saw Noel Bolter get called play on. Yep. And then was it was amazing smothered by Frederick. And then Cumberland usually they, by all means he can kick fifty yes. pretty easily. Really solid kick there, saying. And just needed a point. So like there was a 
multiple opportunities for this not to be a draw, but somehow they uh, they found a, a way to make it happen. Mm. And what it does do too, like two points, the ramifications that'll happen Huge. in terms of top eight and top four. Like think about it as a Port Adelaide supporter. The two points like could it actually could be a blessing in disguise for both of these teams. Yeah, it looks like. I mean, that could be the difference that keeps the Tigers in it because right now, if Port Adelaide scored a win today, they could have potentially jumped inside the eight if other results had gone their way, but. That's not going to happen now because the Tigers are two points in front. Um, all right, plenty happening across Adelaide today. Let's do this. In South Australia, round Cape Horn. What's on in SA? The Climate Trade Centre at Regency Park has the best Dakin prices. You can absolutely guarantee that. Bit happening across Adelaide today. Gibbsy, the Umbrella Winter Music Festival is on until the end of July. The Adelaide Guitar Festival is on as well. So if you're a muser like Tom Lyon. Uh, go down there and just talk some absolute nonsense over a couple of glasses of vino with your little music buddies. Also, the races are on from 10.30 at Morfordville. Get around Miles Fitzner's social for all the best tips. Just get around Miles Fitzner in general, I reckon. Because if you're into great humans, Fitzy's your guy. And he is everywhere at the moment. He's got new <laughs> shows busy. going on. He's on during the week. He's tipping winners everywhere on a Saturday. He, he's slowly taking over this joint. He really is. One show at a time. One shift at a time. <laughs> this is Miles Fitzner's world. We're just living in it. You know what? Happy to live in it as well. The, when you've got the nickname Fitz Magic, <laughs> I dare say you can start calling the shots. Sure. Probably self-proclaimed, but that's fine. <laughs> that's fine because he actually genuinely pulls it off. Uh, the Illuminate Festival is on as well. This looks very, very good. My kids and my wife went there the other night and bit of feedback. I was at work and a few photos. Incredible stuff. Something that will genuinely entertain the kids for at least a couple of hours. It's very cool what they've done down there. Is it still at the zoo? I think it's still around there. It's in the city, I can tell you that. So I think it's in the city and the zoo. Mm. Um, yeah, they've done a great job. And if you're free and would like to get out of the house, I'd uh, certainly suggest getting down to the Illuminate Festival. Mm. We're still learning as we go. Uh, in terms of a little partnership on Saturday morning, Saturdays in SA. But what we do know is... Don't ask questions live on air that you think both of us don't know the answer to. <laughs> no, I can confirm off-air it is. conversation. I can confirm it is because I went to, I did go to it last year. Very good stuff. Um, looking forward to the sample this weekend as well. The Red Legs taking on the Crows. We've got the Bloods and the Bays as well. That's going to be happening um, at High Sense Stadium in Richmond. Uh, Sturt taking on your Panthers as well. And to say that the Panthers need... Uh, win is an absolute understatement. They need to win for the rest of the season to be any chance of scoring, jumping into the top five. Um, this is going to be an interesting one. Port Adelaide taking on Centrals. Unlucky for the Dogs. They get a Port side that's all of a sudden absolutely stacked. That's going to be at Morn Team Kia Oval, Woodville, tonight. That is because of the redevelopments happening at Alberton. Port Adelaide Central Districts. At Woodville Oval. Like, wow. Get around that. You didn't see that coming, did you? I did not. Also, the Roosters taking on the Eagles. That's going to be happening at Prospect Oval on Sunday. Um, but a big game for your Panthers. You back them in? Well, we have to, don't we? It's win or go home, pretty much. We, yeah, I'd be surprised if you said about, no. We're about three games out of the five, and we need to rely on some other results to go away. But Sturt uh, have lost some key players along with, with us as well, so it should be a good game. And I, I was pretty flat, actually. I was, I was asked to be the runner uh, to, in today's game, which I thought, great, I can get out, give, make, get a, a, like a feel again, being back out on the ground. But got told this morning, uh, no good, because I'm a senior player, I'm actually, I can't qualify to be the runner. Sorry, what? Yeah, that's apparently a rule. That must be a new rule because I'm a guy who liked to almost get injured in his sleep. I did a lot of running. Yeah, well, I think that's a, a new rule that the 
the Sandful have um, they've obviously seen the AFL bring in all these new rules and they thought, we, we want to get on board here and, and throw a few new rules of our own. And, uh, yeah, I got told I am not allowed to be the runner today. Oh, that's outrageous news. I'm sorry that you've got to go through that. Yeah, it's probably because I wouldn't have left the ground and probably coached all day on the field, but uh, hey. <laughs> that's all right. They saw that coming, didn't they? Very good stuff. Um, Climates Trade Centre at Regency Park has the best taking prices, what you need, when you need it. Um, let's get into our scoreboard today as well. <laughs> This Saturday scoreboard. All right, we'll start with some cricket. Australian Test opener Usman Khawaja believes one day cricket is dying a slow death due to the rapid growth of T20 domestic leagues and the unsustainable calendar. So earlier this week, England superstar Ben Stokes. Don't really like people that play any sort of sport for England, but I love the way that Ben Stokes goes about it. He stunned the cricket world by announcing his retirement from ODI cricket at the age of 31. He said, three formats are just unsustainable for me now. He said that on Instagram, not only do I feel that my body is letting me down because of the schedule and what is expected of us today, you just can't do it. So ODIs, where does it sit for, where does it sit within your, I suppose, love of cricket? 0427-154-166. There's a lot of cricket being played. From my perspective, I feel like I only get interested in ODIs when the World Cup rolls around. You? Yeah, I have a similar feeling and... um we're family friends with the Careys, Alex Carey, uh, and sort of, sort of talking to him and, and understanding the schedule that he, he he has and being away for six months of the, the year and, like, it is quite a lot. He's got a young family as well, so more cricket means more time away, means more time spent away from your family. So, yeah, it's certainly a, a hard juggling act for, for Cricket Australia and, and cricket across the world. Weren't the gods just in an absolute sensational mood when they put Alex Carey together? He's uh, just on all fronts. He, he's a good cricketer. He's a good-looking human specimen. I'm, yeah, okay. I agree with you. <laughs> he's a good guy. Just an all right, great guy. You think Miles Fitzner's a good guy? I mean, Alex Carey makes Miles Fitzner look like an absolute bully. At <laughs> <laughs> <And> Adonis. <laughs> Let's talk some NBA. James Harden has agreed to terms on a two-year contract to stay with the 76ers. He'll make about $14.5 million less this coming season than he could have earned under his previous deal. So a person with knowledge in negotiations said on Wednesday, that's probably Adrian Wojnarowski, Harden will sign a deal worth slightly over $68 million, paying him about $33 million this season, and with a $35 million player option for the 2023-24 season. ESPN first reported the agreement being finalised between the 76ers and the 10-time All-Star guard. So don't worry about James Harden. He's going to be absolutely fine financially. What I do like is someone of Harden's ilk taking a pay cut for the greater good of the team. And you don't see it too often, do you? In, you do not in, in the in the NBA these days. So he can actually you can we can tell he's can sense something there at Philly, and they, he thinks obviously they're they're not too far from winning a championship, and he hasn't won one yet. So the, expect big things from from Philly this year, I reckon, off the back of that news. Mm. Big news, and maybe bigger news coming through as well is we're blessed each and every Saturday morning with a song from Tom Lyon. Uh, he's a musician at heart and a really talented musician. And some of the songs that have come through, I mean, he kicked it off with a little song about Bryce Gibbs. He's backed it up with a song about Darcy Fogarty, which is just going absolutely bananas on social Winter. media. But he is a Crow's Nuffy, and there seems to be a solid Crow's theme to Tom Lyon's music. Well, I've got good news for you, Gibbsy. Sports turn. Oh, finally. Here we go. A Port Adelaide inspired Tom Lyon song coming at you next. Looking forward to it. 947 on 1629 SENSA. This is Saturdays in SA with Andrew Hayes and Bryce Gibbs. Great to have your company this morning. Get involved. 0427 154 166. The draw. How does it sit with you? 
We're looking for some of those genuine footy pests. Do they still exist? The Hayden Ballantyne types, is there a spot for them in the game? We want you to get involved this morning. Good morning. Live across Australia. Saturdays in SA with Andrew Hayes and Bryce Gibbs. The text line is 0427 154 Those genuine AFL footy pests that used to make the game fun. You just It was fun to dislike these blokes, but if they were on your side, then you would have absolutely loved them. I'm talking, uh, you know, Hayden Ballantyne, Ryan Crowley back in the day. Who were some of the others that we rolled off? There were some good ones. Just those guys that absolutely made your triceps. Stevie Almost Milne, bleed. Baker. Stevie Baker, punching blokes in the shin. Actually, you were a bit of a tagger from week to week sometimes, from memory, Hazy? Yeah, I started off as a tagger, and it was completely because of your reason. It was the only way that I was getting a game in the early days, was to tag, and I remember one of my first jobs <laughs> was to tag the great Jeremy Clayton from Port Adelaide, and I, I learned a, a valuable lesson that day in that uh, if you are doing a genuine tag job, you've got to keep your eyes on the man the whole time. I reckon at one stage, this is back in the day where they used to sort of relax the rules a little bit in terms of punching blokes in the stomach and face. Got punched in the face by Clive Waterhouse one day and almost got knocked out. And I reckon <laughs> I did it in fr- they did it in front of the he did it in front of the umpire and the oh. umpire sort of laughed and was like, ooh, <laughs> solid. You shouldn't have been standing there. Yeah, I know. It was my fault. I got in the way of his fist. <laughs> I reckon Jeremy Clayton, for one second, I took my off uh, and watched the ball at a stoppage. He hit me in the stomach so hard that I was winded to the point I thought I was going to die. <laughs> I thought I was going to die. And mum and dad were watching the, in the crowd. I, I swear I went over and was like, oh, I'm going to die here. <laughs> Wave. Mum, 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 mum runs out. Mum, oh, are you okay, Andrew? <laughs> I've got my mouth cut. I've got my mouth cut. Mum, I'm absolutely fine. Uh, Tommy, what's going on? Because we well, love your songs. We love each and you bless You bless us with some songs, but it just sort of feels like it's a little bit one-sided. It is. But I, I do... Try to think I'm impartial. Like when I do the song, you know, if the crows need a whack, I I deliver the truth. Okay. Same goes for Port Adelaide. So this might get me in a little bit of trouble. But what do you think Fort's finals chances are, Gibber? The big Roy Orbitson. Big zero. Big donuts. Yeah. So they say it's mathematical, but they're done for the year. So they probably need a refresh. And I don't know if – now, I really rate Ken Hinckley as a coach. I think he could go well – maybe at GWS, but maybe the message is getting stale. He's at that 10-year point. Um, so I've just written a, a little song to sort of sum up Port's year and it's to the theme of, well, you, eventually you'll hear R.E.M.'s song, It's the End of the World, <laughs> um, but it starts a little bit differently. Goodbye, Port Power. Goodbye, Season. Not too slow. <laughs> That's great. Put out a lane. I've missed C eight. Now their fans have got to find something else to pass the time to next season. Orazio's body's gone. Where did it go wrong? Defense game plans lower than my broadband. Prelim was a curse. Hinkley's in reverse. Connor Rosie's great, but Dersma was not so great. Meat is playable. Amon's on the table. Power pepper in the rock. Sam Hayes. What the f? <laughs> it's the end of the season, they've blown it It's the end of the season, they've blown it It's the end of the season, they've blown it It's Clarkson time Yeah, I think it's a, a remarkable season again Tom, very well done, very well done, but I mean, I needed to be more cautious because every time, Bryce, we don't, we don't listen. We don't listen until right now. We make sure that we surprise ourselves. But he said, oh, look, and he spruiked it to us this morning like, oh, you know, I've got a Port Adelaide song. We go, finally, 
finally time to give Port Adelaide some some love. Instead, he's gone whack. You roasted Port Adelaide. <laughs> well, where's the fun in praise? Mind you, they've got so many good young players, but something needs to happen at that joint because they. They can't go into next year doing what they did. Oh, boy. If I'm going to analyse that song, what do you think is going to happen with Sam Hayes? <laughs> I don't know. Actually, Maybe he, a new place. Uh, he's trying to call through as we speak. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. All right. Get involved this morning. 0427154166. A lot of texts coming through uh, about some of the absolute pests from back in the day. Um, this one, Dave Granger. He would have been right up there as well. Oh, this yeah. is a bloke who played for Port Adelaide. Won a couple of flags for Port Adelaide back in uh, the Maggie's heyday. Um, and I mean, don't ask Graham Corns about Dave Ranger, but he, he would instill fear into opposition. So I'm not saying that's what we want to see now. Blokes who would go out and genuinely king hit guys or try and punch them in the head. But I just wonder how vulnerable players are. And you've touched on it, Bryce. They, if they knew that a player was going to come out there and effectively legally rough them up. Well, back in the day, it'd certainly be in the back of your mind, wouldn't it? You'd have uh, snipers, as they used to call them. Remember, guys come off mm. the centre square bounce and just have someone in their sights and, and try and absolutely take them out. Obviously, that doesn't happen these days, and we don't want to see that in our game, but uh, yeah, it certainly did happen. Mm. Uh, this text from Michael, Tony Liberatore was the original pest. Small in size, but big in annoyance, <laughs> like our good friend Tommy Lyon. <laughs> yeah. Oh, may have been very annoying this morning. The, do you remember that game between Stevie Baker and Stephen Johnson? Yes. And he kept punching his arm, I think. And by the end of the game, Stevie J's arm was inflated, but Stevie Baker copped an elbow to the face and he couldn't see anymore. So this was an extreme example because I reckon mm. Stevie Baker copped like three or four separate suspensions in the yeah. one game. Yes. It was a total of like... Something ridiculous. And if you know the exact stats, text it through 0427 154 166. But um, I'm going to struggle with this word. Cumulatively? Accumulatively? Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> that's the one. It was something like four or five or six weeks. Like a year or six years. I was like, I Jesus. didn't know what was going on. <laughs> I'm sweating. <laughs> sweating with some of those big words. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't know how to speak real good, but doing radio. <laughs> yeah. yeah he, I think he took it too far. I mean, they said, hey, Stevie. We want you to make uh, to match up on the great Stevie Johnson, right? Just null his influence. You know what? I hope uh, you don't want me to play for the rest of the season because I'm about to absolutely <laughs> do myself under. That's too far. No, well, it is. And do you reckon, um, do you reckon St Kilda would have paid his fines too? To say that you're in our team, this is what you do. We don't care if you go out and rack up $20,000 worth of fines for Belton blokes. We'll pay it. You just go and do it. Do you know what you've done there, Bryce? You've opened up. Such a separate can of worms <laughs> because for the best part of four years, I've had this argument with Kane Corns where I've said to him, I've never played AFL football and I don't know what happens inside, but I've heard situations where the club will pay the fines of players. And he'll say, that does not happen. It never happens. It never will happen. Never happened to Port Adelaide. If you get fined, you pay the fine. I said, no, no, I swear. Sometimes the club will say, no, no, look, we'll get that fine. Are you telling me that there were situations at Carlton Sometimes with a club would play, pay a player's fine. No, what I'm saying is, do you reckon that would have come under consideration <laughs> from St Kilda? But is that a thing? Players fines? Does a club ever pay for them? Well, I don't know. I don't. Oh, I, no. I don't know. I don't oh, know. On the fence. Oh, Kane wins again. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I feel. I think Ross Lyon would because Ross Lyon was coaching Stevie Baker at that time. 
I feel like he would have chipped in for that fine. Yeah. No doubt. <laughs> okay. And then the six or seven match payments that he would have missed through suspension over the following couple of months. Yeah, that, that hurt. That's that, that's the one that would have killed Stevie, I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> that really, really would hurt. Um, all right, coming up as well, uh, 0427154166. We'd love to get you involved. Um, geez, the text line's really, really busy this morning, Tom. It's good to see. Some of those absolute AFL footy pests, we want yours. So get them through. We've still got plenty of time as well to take a, a call from me. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 Doing it thanks to Solitaire Audi. Um, the all-new Audi A3 and S3 have arrived. So to find out more, visit outertairsolitaire.com. Say that again. <laughs> Outertair. <laughs> He's rattled. Okay. How have you got a job? No, what I will do, I'll just slow down here for a second. The all-new Audi A3 and S3 have arrived. To find out more, visit audisolitaire.com.au. Is that better for you, Tommy? Can you use that one? Beautiful. Yeah. I'll pop that in the run sheet. Oh, boy. It's 10 o'clock. <laughs> it's news time. Oh, good morning to you. Text line busy this morning, 0427-154-166. Uh, Luciano texted through. Tommy, a bit of feedback on the song. He said, thanks for the song. Can we use it for today's game? Oh. I'm not sure that uh, that'll absolutely get the troops up and about. A nice little, if there was some positive reinforcement in there, it was some nice words about uh, Connor Rosie. That's about it. Yeah, it was. And you, can you imagine Tommy just um, sneaking his way into the audio there and instead of you'll never tear us apart, that song just gets played over the audio before they before they before the ball gets bounced. That would, uh, that would stir a few up. I'd love to see that. Port supporters respond to that. That would be absolutely electric. Uh, different sort of feel before a Port Adelaide game. Uh, you can give us a call as well. Still plenty of time. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 I want to talk to you about this now. Gives you some of the big footy rumours that do the rounds. And look, as you know, you've been um, in the football industry for so long. And I don't know if you guys hear stuff that's happening on the outside. But I remember, and I'll bring him up again, Lee Spur, when he was playing for Fremantle. He, he would tell me some of the big football rumours that were absolute. It was rubbish. But he'd say, oh, look, this is doing the rounds. And sometimes they were funny. Sometimes they were just so outrageous that you're like, yeah, that's definitely not true. And then somebody would be like, no, it's true. It happened to my brother's mate who knows this guy who's on the board or something like that. Just ridiculous chain of why it was true. So the latest one is, you know, Alistair Clarkson. And apparently he's been offered $1.6 million a year to coach North Melbourne. Uh, via Jared Waitley, it's just been absolutely squashed. Who caught up with Alistair Clarkson? He said that is absolute, I'll say it politely, baloney. Bull dust. Bull dust. Some of the big footy rumors. Are there any that come to mind for you? Did you, I mean, you guys, it's a small, small town in Adelaide. And there's a lot of nonsense that gets talked. Didn't um, Josh Jenkins and Don Pike punch <laughs> on one day after training after Josh was dropped? <laughs> That's what I need to ask you about. So, <laughs> so that was genuinely doing the rounds, I reckon. And there was a, a moment, uh, oh, geez, we, we loved Josh Jenkins when he was part of SCNSA. He was giving us a lot to work with. And then he was in and out of the side. He was playing a lot of sample footy at that stage. And clearly there was something, oh, we thought there was something going on because he was dominating the sample and, it looked like there was genuinely could have been a spot for him, but and the rumor emerged that he and Tom Pike got in a genuine fist fight after training. Confirm or deny? Well, it happened just after I got in a fight with Don Pike <laughs> with fisty cuffs. What's, we we went two rounds. Pikey? I went first, and then Josh went second. <laughs> so yes, so it happened. Is that what you say? 
Yeah, can confirm. It, it didn't happen. Oh, like, can confirm. I thought you were going down a different direction. I wish it did. That would have been, uh, you imagine the whole um, squad around him, circled him up around him and the two of them going toe to toe. If Josh wins, he gets to play. If he doesn't, he uh, gets banished back to the sandfall. Now that's old school. <laughs> don't worry about the don't worry about the kids now who they like they throw the ball to 35 metres out and say, if you kick this goal, you're making your debut. It's, hey, mate, you want to go? <laughs> You're in a game, you're going to fight the coach in a big circle. And if you win, you're in. Yeah. it's um, it, And those those texts start going around when something happens about, oh, in in, the, in a fake WhatsApp group, oh, don't tell anyone I've been given this by a, uh, a reliable source, but these mates of cousins of brothers of some, oh, this is happening. It, it happens all the time. It's actually turned into a bit of a joke now, a running gag when, when some, some rumours start flying around, but... Um, yeah, like it happens all the time. Like people are bored at home. Like I mean, we could sit here and start a rumor about someone, and it just get legs pretty quickly. I reckon. Let's definitely do that. Like seriously, some people must have boring lives. I think they yep. sit at home and say, "What can we do here? Oh, let's let's throw this out there and see what happens." Right. Okay. Let's start one about Miles Fitzer. <laughs> <laughs> That's not. I can't think off the top of my head. Fitzy probably own it anyway, <laughs> and run with it, yeah. and make it something really positive. Um, the other one as well that was doing the rounds back in the sample for ages was Chris and James Gowns. So Chris and James Gowns both came over from St Kilda. James played four games for the Saints. Chris played none. There was a rumour, which I think they peddled via a sports night, that uh, for James's third or fourth game, that it was actually Chris playing for him, but they thought it was James. Because <laughs> <laughs> they are identical twins. Oh, do you know, and they probably started that rumour too. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> well, them. I think they peddled it uh, via a sportsman night oh, and they probably really? forgot to at the end of it say, oh, no, I'm no, just joking, joking on that one. Yeah. Um, so what about this one via the text line? Trav Boak to Geelong. That never happened. He was as good as gone, apparently. Signed, sealed, delivered, you reckon? He was, well, according to rumours and reports and everything, he was gone to Geelong uh, and re-signed with Port Adelaide. The rest is history. Yeah, well, yeah, there's another another rumour that was squashed, wasn't it? Um what about Bryce Gibbs going to be at Carlton for life? <laughs> <laughs> well, that got squashed. Well, that didn't happen. Pretty, pretty early. <laughs> I mean, what sort of what sort of trade rumours? Did you hear some trade rumours about oh, yourself? There's always trade rumours that, that pop up. The, trade, to, to the point where the players ever hear trade rumours and then have to go into the front office and say, hang on, I've just heard this via Big Footy. Any truth <laughs> no. to it? You, you're more hearing from family and friends yep. more than anything. Um you know, get a, get a text from one of your good mates. Oh, I heard this. Like, what's going on there? It's like, what? First, I've heard of it. <laughs> but it's something for my manager. <laughs> yeah. The big footy rumours across the uh, board, across the last sort of few years that have been absolutely defunct. Let us know. 0427154166. What I do love as well is it'll quite often start from a screenshotted message on WhatsApp. And that's how a giant rumour can start. Oh, but it happened to a mate's dad whose best friend is on the board of a football club. Who serves him coffee only on a Tuesday when he works. Who wasn't supposed to be in the meeting, but he heard it. <laughs> Take it to the grave. Kurt Tippett to Brisbane. Just got texted through as well. Kurt Tippett to Brisbane. Oh, mm. I don't know. I can't remember that one. I remember him. Yeah, he was going to pretty much every uh, club. He was probably going to an NBA club at, yep. at some stage as well. The trade ones are absolutely fascinating. And now it's it's Luke Jackson. Oh, there's an eight to ten year deal on <laughs> yeah. the table. 
$1.7 million a year. $1.7 million. All right, get involved this morning, 0427-154-166. It's nine minutes past 10. Saturday's in SA. Back shortly. I just talk about some of those big footy rumours. Alistair Clarkson was apparently uh, offered $1.6 million a year to coach North Melbourne. He absolutely squashed that. He said it's... Well, I'll say it. He said it's bullshit to Gerald Waitley. So there you go. That's one of those big footy rumours. Absolutely debunked. One of the big ones back in my day was Chris and James Gowns. Uh, and Chris had apparently, in short, played one of the games that James had played for Secilda, but it was actually Chris. So this was peddling around. We're like, how could this possibly happen in the AFL system? Well, we're going to put an end to this right now. We're going to go straight to the top, SA Footy Royalty, and the man who may have actually played instead of James. It's Chris Gowns. <laughs> Good morning, Gowns. <laughs> Hello, AZ, Gibbsy. How we going, boys? Yeah, we're going well, mate. Hang on, can I confirm? Are we talking to, to Chris or James? <laughs> You'll never know, mate. You'll never know. <laughs> well, hey, more... mate, I'll I, I tell you another story. Now, I know you probably haven't got 20 minutes, but um, <laughs> you, you talk about who you're talking to. Remember Jared Rivers? He played for um, yeah. uh, Geelong, Melbourne. Good player. Yep, he Rising played Star, uh, for North. Yeah, that's right. Played for North, uh, North Adelaide. And uh, fair to say, me and James had a fair day out. We used to go out against North Adelaide as centrals as a team and have a pretty good game. But um, Daryl Hart was coaching. He, he was tell, telling us the story that he said, uh, um, uh, any danger of you picking one of those Gowans boys up, Jared? He goes, what, you mean these two? We, had a whole... <laughs> we played the whole game. We both had over 30. I kicked five. James kicked four, and he thought there was only one of us. So they wonder we'll find it space inside the forward 50. Yeah, that, that Gowns bloke has kicked nine on me. He's giving me an absolute bath. Hey, Gowns, so just, um, just, just put this to bed for us, can you? Because So James played four games of AFL. Did you secretly play a game for him as well or what? And how did, where does this come from? Like, look at this. We go back to kill. These are the old days when the rookie list never got touched. We got twelve and a half thousand bucks for a full-time professional athlete. It was a, it was a joke. We went on a footy trip. We were in with Spider Everett, and he spent thirteen grand US in one week. Like, <laughs> it was crazy, right? And the rookie listed players didn't really get a look in back in those days, but. When when we were playing, we both were in the twos, but St Kilda had a massive injury list. They started, you know, six wins. and Anyway, I think they did six knees that year, and Jason Cripps tore his hammy off the bone. Tim Watson came up to James and I, and he goes, look, you boys are in the mix, right? So keep training like you're going to play. Yeah, no worries. Next week, in short, I, I, I broke my hand against Hawthorne, and James got put up that other week because I was injured, you know. It wasn't because he was better than me. It was just because I was injured. <laughs> yes. <laughs> of course. Yeah, like, we, there's two out there. They didn't know who was hurt. Let's face it. Timmy, great man, wasn't wasn't the, the, the best. Well, he wasn't Alistair Clarkson, put it that way. But they didn't really know. Like, we are playing twos at Punt Road against North Adelaide. And they used to, because we sort of played the same position, they used to bring me on and James off, you know, and James actually was having a really good game and at three quarter time I went up to Peter Banfield and said, hey BT, any chance of getting on the ground today? This is AFL reserves, like, come on. He goes, what, haven't you been on? (laughs) 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 Anyway, so, um, yeah, so then I broke my hand anyway and and James played, and he actually played really good, like he (laughs) he played his four games and then he got he only got uh, put out because he got a corky against Bassett, but it would have been a fair effort for me to play one of his AFL games because I was actually out with a with a broken hand and I got suspended for two weeks as well. So 
it pretty much is near on impossible for, for me to play AFL. Um, yeah, so no, so, I didn't actually play a game. Now, Sodas will be absolutely spewing on this because he, 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 he reckons that he swore that we did it and we sort of gave nothing away. But it was one of his 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 acts or one of the, one of the things he could spiel off at a sportsman's night back in the day. So, uh, yeah, in short... No, oh. I didn't play an AFL game. So but I did play an Inset Cup game and dominate it. You know, like it against Geelong, that was pretty easy. <laughs> Veer it off in a different direction. So, so you've no idea where this where this rumor started. I know where it came from. It came from Mark Soda. <laughs> Soda. <laughs> now, Soda, because we, oh, this is back when he was a fireman back in the day. Like this is before me, or well, not before me, but he was. We used to do a few things on the on the local circuit. Like we'd go to like you know Kenilworth or Hope Valley or somewhere like that. You know where where you blokes probably wouldn't go. You know the, the <laughs> blokes where just our roughheads go. And we were doing like a hundred dollar a night sporties that sodas would organise. And um, yeah, that was a bit of content to make the the evening go a, a bit a bit better than what it would be. Oh, I tell you what, a, gr- <laughs> a gruesome legs. I remember hearing it back in the day and just thinking, you know what? Absolutely, that's incredibly believable. <laughs> yeah, what well, we you should do for a segment next time is like when you when you get out to training and, and incidents that happen at training hazy. Mm. I reckon you, you could you could spill off about fifteen hundred of them. I'm sure that you know punch ons and behind closed doors and yeah, it'd, it'd be good. Like the day when you had to go to hospital because yep. you couldn't keep up with James and I. Yeah, <laughs> or are you talking about the day that uh, I uh, I beat James in a one k and it didn't go down too well. Then? <laughs> <laughs> he was 35. <laughs> hey, I was only 21, still trying to find my feet. Oh, mate, I mean, you can say that one, I tell you. That, 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 some good stories in that. They keep your show filled, I tell you. But no, hey, rumour put to bed, empty, did not happen. There you unfortunately. go. Unfortunately. Erased. Yeah. Hey, Gowser, every time we speak to you, we could speak to you, I reckon, for about two or three hours, mate. We appreciate your time, and there you go. Thanks for helping us out this morning. No, no worries, boys. Good show. I love it that you're keeping it local and keep it up five. And, uh, yeah, real interesting. You're legend. Take it easy. Good stuff. Thanks, Chris Gowans. What an absolute chance. That's SA Footy Royalty right there. So I don't know what's bigger. Um, Chris and James Gowans' footy resumes as uh, Central District stars or their personalities. Mate, and we we spoke about the biggest pests in the game in AFL. Talking about the biggest pests just in general football Across any state league, they those two would be right up the top of that list. Incredible, incredible! Just how much they would have opponents, and I'd watch it firsthand. They'd have blokes psyched out before they even started because guys were genuinely scared of the way that Chris and James would go about it. And you know why they'd be scared? Because they knew everybody knew that if you were a crack at Chris, out of nowhere James would turn up yep. and you'd cop one on the back of the head, and vice versa. So. There is no situation where you're taking on one of the twins. Yeah, and I have vivid memories when I first was playing some league footy before I got drafted against Central Districts, and they used to berate each other. If one was in a position where he could have received one, so say Chris didn't give the ball to James, James would be into him. Chris, you such and such, (laughs) give me the ball. And then Chris would bite back and be like, shut up, you weren't in the right spot. And they would just be blueing as the game was unfolding. Yeah. I'm like, what is going yeah, on here? Yeah, I know. And I just remember seeing opponents being like, oh, we've got them here, boys. And we'd say to them, nah, quite the opposite. You've kicked these boys <laughs> yeah. into gear. And the best thing was what they'd be saying to each other. Chris, you fat so-and-so, <laughs> you're so ugly. And you're like, 
Boys, you are such identical twins, it's not funny. So if you think he's bad, guess what? <laughs> oh, it's 22 minutes past uh, 10 o'clock. We're going to wrap it up next. Saturday's NSA with Andrew Hayes and Bryce Gibbs. Doing it this morning, of course, thanks to uh, Solitaire Audi. Visit Solitaire Audi, test drive the new A3 and S3. Talking about some of those big footy rumours. And one of the big ones back in the day was that uh, potentially Chris Gowns may have played a game for St Kilda with the club thinking it was James being defunct by Chris Gowns himself, Mark Soderstrom, the culprit for spreading that. What are we looking at from the text line there, Gibbsy? What have we got? The Gowns boys should be in the Australian Hall of Fame, Bill from Queenstown. <laughs> yeah, I don't mind that. Got my vote. Oh, how are they not already? Should have played a lot of AFL football. It was a different time back then where yeah. if you got to the age of 22 or even 21, you were considered too old. How many flags? Uh, played in nine. Nine. Played and in 11 grand finals, nine wins. And, but they were all consecutive, weren't they? All consecutive grand finals. 11 straight grand finals yeah. uh, with a four-peat in there from seven to ten. Far out. Uh, and maybe a three-peat in there as well. But, yeah, always up and about. And I'll tell you what, when you speak to them as well, they'll, they'll probably talk about the grand finals that they lost and how they should have won. That, that sort of those sort of operators and were pretty durable. Like they didn't miss too nah. much footy unless they were suspended, or unless <laughs> unless they had an accident at the workplace because they were builders. I remember one time. I think one of them played in a grand final, even though he put a nail through pretty much his entire elbow or something ridiculous. And with the nail gun. They wouldn't have been shooting nail guns at each other <laughs> during that time. You could imagine that. Uh, so thank you so much for your involvement this morning via the text line. Um, crunch time up in just a matter of minutes. Looking forward to that. A couple of big games for the South Australian clubs this weekend. Uh, Crows v Swans. Tommy Lyon is in. Um, Tommy, do you give your uh, Crows any chance whatsoever? It's going to be tough. Um, I don't give them any chance. I think it's going to play out similar to the Collingwood game. They're going to be in it for the first half to three quarters. But Sydney at the SCG, they're just, Sydney are a real contender, I think. If they pull it all together... It's a bit premature. I, I thought Sydney would come together in the next couple of years, but they're going really well. Mm, going very well. Big win against the Dockers over in the yeah. West. They are flying. It just sort of feels like 2016 Bulldogs vibes with the Swans at the minute. They are capable of anything. Yeah, they're, they're hitting their straps at the right time of the year, and mm. they will trouble a lot of sides if they make the finals. And they're looking at a top four spot. So the double chance, home games in Sydney potentially, yeah. mm. like, that's huge. Big old battle of the birds, Gibbsy. You're going for the Swans. I'm <laughs> not going, but... Uh, predicting the Swans? Oh, yeah. I think it's going to be hard to tip against the Swans mm. today. I can't wait for this game. Port Adelaide v Geelong. Huge season-defining. This is an elimination final, effectively, for Port Adelaide. Tommy, you got Port. Again, I see it playing out the same way. Port are going to be honest. They're going to be in it. But as you said, Gibber, Geelong are just going to rebound them the whole time and, um, yeah, get that pretty easily, unfortunately. Uh, I'm going for Port Adelaide. I want them to win. I want them to keep it interesting. Just flirt with the top eights. Who you, you give them any chance? They made the right call not bringing a couple of underdone guys in in uh, Orazio, Fantasia, and Tikal. So uh, that'll help them. But yeah, I think Geelong will be too strong in the end. All right. Very, very quickly. What's on today for you, Tommy? Uh, I will be going home and mowing the lawns and just relaxing. I've, I've had a big week, Hazy. Oh, good stuff. Sorry I asked you going to go mow the lawns. <laughs> <laughs> Kimsey, you'll go out and watch South Adelaide. We'll catch you this time next week. Stick around. Crunch time is up in just a matter of seconds. Catch you soon.